We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, <laughs> just when you think it can't get any more embarrassing, here we are, the Indianapolis Colts, with a 33-point lead and fall in overtime to the Minnesota Vikings, 39-36. to Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Cody here. Uh, joining me over the phone, I have my friend Adam Hensley. Adam, man, talk about a crazy day uh, for the Colts. <laughs> just give me your overall thoughts on this game, man, because at halftime, the Colts – Looked like they were going to run away with this game. I, you know, as we were kind of talking before we popped on here, Cody, I, I'm almost embarrassed as a, as a diehard Colts fan to say there was a piece of me that felt this after that first score. Like, oh crap, here we go. Never in my wildest dreams that I think we would choke away a victory, but I thought we would make this, as I like to call it, cardiac Colts close. Um, I think we had some bright spots. Obviously, the defense did everything they could for what would be considered the normal amount of face plays. And then our offense just did what they did, which is persecute our defense and leave them out there too often. And we got beat up by a team that flat out has some really highly skilled individuals, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. I mean, these aren't bad players. And, and you can't go down and score three different field goals in the first half when there's no reason you shouldn't score a touchdown. Um, it just, it's disheartening, but unfortunately it feels normal right now. And, and I feel horrible for uh, my friends that are, you know, on the team, you know, shout out Paris Campbell. Like, dude, I see you, bro. You are trying, you are working your butt off. I get it. I, I just, I don't know how we do anything, but blow this team up from here. And, and kind of start over. I mean, it's getting historical, man. That was the biggest, like, comeback allowed in NFL history. Like, we're getting to the NFL history points. And it's crazy because the Vikings in the first half just looked like they didn't know what was going on. Like, they couldn't get anything going. They were frustrated, you know. And for, you know, the fact that Kirk Cousins had, like, 44 passing yards in the first half and had, you know, over almost 400 in the second half, I mean, I get it. The offense was not doing the, the defense any favors, but the defense was definitely struggling in that second half a lot more, too. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, again, I, I think it's just the time on the field. Um, 
you know, there were some great bright spots. I got to be honest, as I look at this team and look at the performance in that game, I look at guys like Dio Adango. I mean, can you make a bigger statement to the NFL? Hey guys, I think I'm finally rehabbed and I'm ready to take you by surprise, which is all we heard when they took a Dango in the draft that they took Quiddy Pay. We heard that they felt they got two first round offensive linemen in that draft or defensive linemen in that draft. And I'm not trying to jump the gun here, but I, I've, I felt like we saw that from a dangle today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think he was everywhere. He was clearly the best defensive lineman out there today. He had, you know, multiple times where it was, you know, whether would be sacks or sacks where he was making critical plays on third down and he just was a monster out there. So clearly his best day as a pro, which is great to see. Uh, and Quiddy had a sack as well. The Colts in total on defense they had seven sacks today, Adam. So this defensive line was working, man. They were, they were doing their job. I thought Buckner looked really good. You know, you had Odenigbo as well that I thought looked really good. Uh, so I felt like for the most part, this defensive line did their job, you know, for the majority of the game. Yeah, and I mean, can I also want to shout out? I won't name any names, but like I had multiple people texting me today about ref blowing this call or ref blowing that call. I, I'm just going to throw out a statement here, and it, and it's not a shot at any of you that text me that information today, by the way. But like, can we stop? We blew a 33 point lead. There is not one call in this game that killed us. We killed ourselves. We beat ourselves. We snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. What seems like once again this week, Matt Ryan looks absolutely atrocious. Um, I really hope that he and Jeff Saturday had a conversation, and that's why Jeff said he's our quarterback the rest of the year. I really hope the conversation went a little something like this. Matt, we think we're thinking about making a switch, blah, 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 blah. Matt says, Jeff, I'd like to play the last games of my career here. And I promise I'll retire at the end of the season. And Jeff says, Matt, the team's yours the rest of the year, but we got to make these mistakes better. Because that's the only way I can see you continue with him at the quarterback. Out of a respect play, we are out of the playoffs. I'm tired of hearing about, well, what if Tennessee chokes? I don't want this team in the playoffs. We, What we did today proved we shouldn't be in the playoffs. And mind you, that was against the team that still, even after today's game, has a negative score differential and has 11 victories. So we had an opponent that we could have beat today, and in all fairness, even after the first quarter, should have buried them and beat them, and we didn't. So if you're a Colts fan and you're thinking playoffs, it's unfair to the future roster to have that desire at this point, in my opinion. What do you think about that one, Cody? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm all for draft position. You know, four nine and one. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, I know Tennessee's been struggling, and it just sucks because, like, any other year, the Colts will be in the division lead right now. It's just it's one of those years where you're just like, you have not done anything to warrant even even sniffing the conversation for a playoff team. So, I mean, you look at this this offense. I mean, it's just horrendous. Like, you know, you it was just so bad. Like, I mean. Matt Ryan, you know, was looking terrible today, although he did not have an interception today. Um, still, just looked – stuff looked off, you know, from Matt Ryan. Took too many, you know, sacks, things like that. And just this offense could never get humming. You know, didn't even have 200 yards passing. You know, crazy, Adam, that 
you had more rushing yards than passing yards again in this game. And it's just this offense is so stagnant and boring at this point. It's just – it's unwatchable. It's really unwatchable at this point. And I think the part – my apologies. My four-year-old's getting over a cold, so sorry, fans that are listening here. Uh, the You know, I think the – I'm trying to put my finger on it. I know it's something you and I have done with uh, Andrew Thomas and our friend that writes at Stampede Blue. I, I know it's something we've done all year via text. Like, I'm trying to put my finger on why it's so disheartening. And I think what I saw today that was so disheartening is the lack of fundamental execution. And, you know, at the quarterback position, something simple like you don't get under pressure and try to shovel the ball out of the pocket and technically fumble a ball that you get bailed out on a call that's called an incomplete pass. Or you don't throw off your back foot into coverage where there's three defenders on one receiver. You know, those are just like, I teach my junior high kids that. And this is professional athletics. And I can't imagine how infuriated that receiving room is because I mean, they have to make every play. He doesn't set them up at all. I mean, on the couple plays that Michael Pittman came up, what, like one yard short, it felt like three or four times. If you look at those throws, that is unequivocally the last place you can put a ball second to putting it in the defense's hands. He throws it behind Pittman at least three times today that gives us a first down. But instead of what, since he threw it behind him, we don't get the first down, you know, and, and that's not even to mention the times that I was watching it. My family got really annoyed with me today because I was like, look at this. He's hitting a guy underneath. He's got Ashton Doolin 15 yards clear with nobody around him. And he's five Ashton Doolin's five yards deeper than the receiver he threw to and nobody around. He is clearly not seeing the game well right now. And that's what's infuriating to me. Like what happened? When did he get, this bad it's a good question and i just i was so confused why the colts just they would they almost refused to push the ball down the field you know and i do wonder if that's in part because ryan is limited you know at this point like either he's unwilling or unable to throw it down the field i mean there was two or three times adam where they threw a screen pass to Pittman that lost a yard or two and you're just like what are we doing like why are we doing that or why on third and five or six are we running the football you know like those are obvious passing situations, you know, where we need to push the ball down the field. We just outright refuse to do it. I don't understand that. And on top of that, you look at outside of Pittman, he had 14 targets today. The second guy on the team was Paris Campbell with four. And then everybody else had one or two. Just absolutely. I guess Pierce had four. But Jelani Woods, where was he? He won catch for 36 yards. You don't use him the rest of the game. And he Why? shot out of a cannon on that catch, too, by the way. I mean, he blew the doors off those defenders. Exactly. So I just – I don't understand, and maybe this is due to the quarterback, but the play calling needs to be under scrutiny too. Like, why are you not getting the ball into some of the best players on your team's hands? Like, you're just refusing to do that. I don't, really don't understand that because a player like Jelani Woods, he's got the, he got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's still raw, but he's, he's shown that when you throw him the ball for the most part, he's going to come down with it. Like, it's just – it's almost like the Colts just – refuse to go to their guys that are going to make plays. And I just don't understand that from an offensive, like, you know, philosophy. 
it felt today, and, and in fairness, minus maybe that first game that Parks took over, it felt today like we were having Frank Wright call the offense again. Yeah. It, it, it felt bottled up. It felt a lack of creativity. Um, you know, saying some like reverses here or there, I would say maybe the creativity in those were that they went to Pittman instead of your fastest guy on the team in Paris Campbell. But like, other than that, like there just isn't, there just doesn't seem to be creativity. It was like, Oh, Taylor went down. Oh, well, we're going to lose here. And Zach Moss gave you a great game from a guy that we've had for what? Three weeks. I mean, I think, I think he deserves a really solid look at this roster next year as a great backup to JT, because what he did today was exactly what we've been looking at as a compliment to JT. I think he can also catch the ball, which we haven't really got to see yet, but like he could be like a beefier Naheem Hines for us moving forward. And I just, that lack of creativity that we're seeing, it felt like we got a week reprieve. We all were a little rejuvenated. We got the Jeff Saturday practice your butt outside, even though we're not playing outside this week approach. And then the only team that seems to still play with a fire under their butt is the defense. And then they're just so stinking exhausted. I, it's pretty rare that you'll ever hear me say, I can't blame a team when you give up 39 points, but I can't blame this defense for giving up 39 points today. I mean, do you have the stats in front of you, Cody? Like how yeah. many plays did they run? Um, let me pull it up. Uh, so they ran 86 total plays today. The Colts ran 79. And that's like the 79 from the Colts doesn't surprise me because we were up 33 to nothing. Like I would expect to have a good amount of plays. I think we're traditionally like a 63, 65 play a game team. And I, I feel like that's about an NFL average right now, but 87 plays to arguably and I think we're actually starting to kick out the arguably part anymore. The best receiver in the league, which for all intents and purposes, I mean, I don't know how many times he was targeted today, but Stephane Gilmore did a really good job on him. They had a great matchup today. And I would bet you Justin Jefferson would also say the same thing. That was a great high-end receiver cornerback matchup today that we saw. And I thought Gilmore played great. We said the defensive line had some bright spots. So, like, I can't blame them for giving up 39 points, even to Kirk Cousins, who just at points didn't seem like he wanted them to win at all today. Um, Just making some real bad throws. Um, I I just, it's, we have, we have to make a change. It's got to change. And, you know, I, I haven't said it. I don't, I don't think on your podcast and I don't even believe I've said it on ours. I'm factually, but like, Ballard's got to go too. whatever he was dreaming up and architecting. I, I think maybe wrote out the window with Reich. I, we've got to take a different philosophy. We've got to take a different approach. And I think even in that different approach, you keep Gus Bradley. If Bubba Ventrone will stay, I think you keep Bubba Ventrone. But I think other than that, it's an exodus, man. It's a complete philosophical change. And you've got some great building blocks. You've got a great line. I'm not a massive proponent of going out and getting an early round offensive tackle. 
I think your bigger need is an offensive guard. Um, I'm, I'm a massive proponent of you, you. I'm tired of you being smarter than everybody else and getting a second, third, fourth round quarterback and expecting to, to capture the next Tom Brady. I mean, we saw, we couldn't do that. Bailey Zappi was, I think a sixth round pick and, uh, and Brock Purdy was uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. And clearly we weren't smart enough to make those decisions. So, um, like these are, you've shown a propensity to not make the right decisions. So I think if we continue to take the same approach and act surprised that we're not getting the results, it's really kind of shame on us as an organization. Well, I guess the good news out of all of this for those people who have just given up on the season is that Colts right now still stay at the number seven spot. Um, we'll see with Arizona, with New Orleans, with, you know, the Rams, with Chicago, all those other teams that are ahead of Indianapolis. You know, if, if one or two of those win, Adam, the Colts could easily find themselves by the end of the weekend in the top five in terms of draft order, which is great. Yeah, and, and if I'm not mistaken, one of those games – has to have one of those teams lose. And if one of those teams lose, it doesn't automatically bump us up. Like there's two teams in a game. I want to say there's like a four and nine and a three and eight game or something of that nature that it automatically boosts the Colts. Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, we tell you the right teams here. Um, So yeah, where is it? Oh yeah. Cardinals Broncos. So Cardinals, you would probably root for the Cardinals to win that game. Cause if they win then the Colts go up to number six, um, yep. but either way, I mean, I guess it's fine either way. Uh, but if you want the immediate, the Colts will go up to number six, if that happened. And then I believe it's, you know, if new Orleans would win, I think they're playing this week. Let me double check on that. Yeah. So if they, yeah. if new Orleans would beat Atlanta, then they would go up on the Colts and the Colts could be t- uh, number five. That's how that would work. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then, I think, I think the flip side to that too is right. Like, you know, you've got a couple, you've got a couple matchups there where you've got um, Arizona and the Rams probably playing again. Right. You've probably got new Orleans and Carolina playing again. You've got, you've got some other interdivisional things going on there that um, could, could really, again, help the Colts in the, in the world of, of draft pick land. So I think that that's, you know, if it doesn't happen this week, I don't want the Colts fans to be discouraged around, you know, where we're at in the draft order and all that fun stuff, if you will, because I think it, I think it's going to happen. I think we've got to be in the top five, however, to get a Will Levis, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, realistically, Adam, this is the best case scenario for draft position. Colts could be as high as four by the end of the weekend. If the Rams are able to go, and beat the Packers, the Colts would also be uh, – they would they would move up ahead of them. The Rams would have five wins. So, realistically, yeah, the Colts could easily find themselves at number four, which is just crazy. So, I think undoubtedly they're going to move up one or two, but they could move up as much as three or four positions. Probably three would be the most realistic. So, yeah, that, that's definitely great for, you know, draft order and things of that nature. That was my thing where I was really torn – you know, yeah. on uh, the Colts winning because I was like, obviously, if they they win in this fashion, maybe they have confidence going into next year. But saying that, it also screws up your draft position where you go from potentially a top five pick to a mid round, you know, twelve to fifteen potentially. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I see both sides of people who are like, I can never root for the Colts to lose, but 
think at this point, you you would do yourself a disservice to win a meaningless game like that at this point. Like playoffs are out. Like why why would you want to win that game? I guess at this point, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And so we'll see. Uh, the Colts obviously still have you know a number of games left here. They have you know week week 16, 17, and 18. So three more games left, and they they play some teams that they could actually beat, but. Knowing the Colts, they they might only win one of those games. So we'll see. Any last thoughts, Adam, from this Colts loss? No, I mean, I think things that I'm looking to um, as we as we get through the year here is how do our players react? Um, you know, I talked about Paris uh, being a being a family friend of ours. Um, you know, you've got guys like the Zaire Franklins and the Bobby Okirikes of the world some of these guys that are coming into contract time. And I think they've got some real tough decisions. Um, You know, it's hard because you always want to win. You're a man, you're an athlete. You've grown up in this competitive world, right? Yet it's pretty obvious at this point that this team isn't going to compete for a Super Bowl this year. And so how do you feel about that? Do you feel it's worth coming back? Do you feel the pieces are there? Do you feel you can make it happen? Or are we damaging their view of what we could create because of them being here as long as they have and we haven't created? And again, that's not a question any of us can answer, but those are things I'm looking towards as we kind of go throughout the year here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do wonder, are there any players, like we saw Hines earlier this year, you know, wanting out. Like, are there any other players that, you know, potentially are like, man, I, you know, I want to go win now. I don't want to go, you know, wait for another two to three years with a rookie quarterback or whatever it is. Or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, but I think it's a good point of like winning cures all. But when you're losing, you know, there might be some guys who who want to go to a team that's actually winning, you know, like Hines with the Bills. So, Yeah. Well, well, it'll be interesting to see, um, but I can't think, man, at the end of this offseason, unless Jim Mercer is just, you know, really, you know, pulling on the nostalgia here, I don't see how you could keep, number one, keep Jeff Saturday around. You've blown two leads, you know, 30-plus points in, in second half. You've been outscored, Adam, a crap ton, 72-9 to nine in the last two second halves, the last two games you played. Like, this kind of crap, like, this is historically bad, and – I don't know how you keep him and how you keep Chris Ballard at this point because this roster is very flawed. It's not good in the most important positions that matter. And that that's right. why, at the end of the day, the Colts right now only sit with four wins, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. It's, it's disheartening. It's frustrating as a lifelong Colts fan. It's hard to watch. And again, with the ties that we all really have internally with some of these guys, it's really – I feel bad for them, you know, having to see Paris Campbell's son when I take my son to school and, and feel bad for them is that's, that's hard. You know, I mean, those are, those are good people. They're good human beings. Um, and I think that that's the part that becomes very real in this football business. And I think it's part that maybe gets missed in our world, right? Like we, we report on the wins and losses. We report on the Jeff Saturday, 72 to nine, and we've been a team that historically has kept character over athleticism. And I, and I think it's kind of starting to burn us a little bit. So it's, it's going to be an interesting change around here. 
Yeah, I'm just I'll be interested to see, man, that locker room. Like, you know, like they preach accountability. They've done that the whole year, you know, preaching that. And there seems to be no accountability on this team at this point. This very much, Adam, feels like a 2017 season for the Colts where, you know, they, they took out, they took big leads. Like they, they would take leads over teams and then they just blow them, you know, in the second half. Like I can't tell you how many games, you know, in 2017 that happened where I, where I was not confident that they could know how to win. And it's the same situation here where – you just get that sense that, like, this team's going to find a way to lose. Like you talked about at the beginning, you know, you snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. Like, you literally do that. And, unfortunately, you know, this is what I said in the game preview, and, unfortunately, it came true. Like, this Colts team, they don't know how to win. This Minnesota team, while you can say all you want about, you know, the 11 wins, at the end of the day, Adam, they're a winning football team because they know how to win when it matters. Yeah. They, they've obviously done it this year, right? On a negative point differential. So don't give me the the offense defense thing either, right? So look at those stats, guys. Absolutely. But yeah, it's a it's a tough day. I guess the only thankfulness that I have, Cody, is it's a Saturday, not a Sunday. So I'm not just exhaustedly frustrated going into a Monday at work. So yeah, I, I've kind of gone beyond the being frustrated to just like just almost impressed at this point how bad it's gotten. So. Yeah, but it is what it is, man. The season is mercifully almost over for the Colts. And I think right now I'm just going to be watching, you know, some individual performances, you know, like Bernard Ryman, for example, some of these younger guys. How do they continue to perform, you know, down the stretch? And I think that'll kind of impact how you attack this offseason as well. It's coming up here in a few months. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it, guys, for the recap here. Colts blow the biggest lead in NFL history. Fall to the Vikings in overtime, move to four, nine, and one. Like I mentioned, the Colts could go all the way up to the number four overall pick if a few teams win this weekend. So let me know your thoughts on this game. Thank you, Adam, for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. It's always good having you on, talking some ball. Absolutely. Love it, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, have a good rest of your weekend. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.